0: To hear the full episode, become a patron at patreon.com slash deathpanelpod.
1: And like, just to roll back to like the very beginning of what you were saying, Abby, you were like, I don't know much about jurisprudence, but, but like... That's part of the how they get you, right? Because <laughs> right. by keeping this stuff in the realm of like the courts and refusing to say, no, abortion is healthcare. We need to like ensure access to this like we ensure access to all healthcare through like legal sort frameworks, of, yeah. right? You know I mean, or yeah, sort of. Yeah. <laughs> like it's it's relegated to the the domain of discourse of like national conversations and most importantly this legalistic arena, right? Which is very privileged as to who can speak on it, who feels like they intellectually have access to it, and who is recognized to speak on it by the body that's actually making the decision, right? Because like, you know, you or I can't go into the Supreme Court and listen to them and speak up and ask questions or say anything, we would be arrested,
0: right? (laughs) Yeah. And I really, I think you're getting at something that's really important here, which is there is kind of a narrative that is being... Or that has, I think, always been advanced by kind of the reproductive rights, the mainstream sort of like reproductive rights, pro-choice movement in the U.S., which is like, you know, we won't go back, right? Like, we got Roe, right? We're not going to go back. But I think what what you're getting at, B, is the real like precarity of reproductive freedom as a right, right? And I think that. The strategy of kind of the mainstream. I mean, I have there's we could probably do a whole podcast episode about like how we got here from the movement side (laughs) and like the the approach that sort of the pro-choice movement, like the pro-choice lobby has taken over the past you know, 25, 30 years that have kind of brought us to this point. But, and
1: ironically, that episode would sound exactly like the episode where we critiqued the liberal rights framework that led to the Americans with Disabilities Act. Right. You know mm-hmm. what
0: I mean? Like, this is, These this is like, together. I think you're absolutely
1: right. Yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah. So it's, I think there's this narrative that is pretty firmly entrenched among the interlocutors that participate in this discourse, which tend to be, you know, middle aged white women. <laughs> Um, that, you know, this is just going to set us back unbelievably. But, you know, we've been the 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 anti-abortion movement has been sort of clawing us back. Like, I don't think that Roe was ever sort of like the beachhead that we are sort of acting like it was. It did not codify this this right so strongly that it was invulnerable to challenges, obviously. I mean, I don't know. I have a lot of words for sort of the mainstream reproductive rights movement. But I think it's becoming pretty clear that perhaps situating abortion outside of the realm of regular health care and talking about it as a choice. I don't know that it's worked. And I don't know that this like strategy of trying to. Well, no, it, ha-
1: it, it hasn't worked. Decidedly, it has not worked. And I think, you know, what we talked about last time as being unique about the Texas law SB8 was that it was designed Specifically, to avoid the legislative pathway that this gestational—God, the name is hilarious—gestational age act um, and other similar abortion bans have um, found themselves in, which is in this you know issue of pre-enforcement review. And so, what it's also done, you know, in addition to like not giving people access to this conversation, really relegating it to a like a class issue and keeping it like. Within this very gate-kept realm of expertise and not really providing any comprehensive rights meaningfully. You know, what it what it's done too is that you know, it's created this game where like getting rid of abortion rights in America is about finding the right gotcha. Yeah. Legally speaking. And that's and that's a draining strategy. That's a counter insurgent strategy to completely drain your opponents of resources. And there are a lot more coordinated resources on the side of the Christian right than there are on any other of the sides of the issues that they Mm -hmm. frequently do this too.
0: that that is
2: the sort of feeling that i got listening to these oral arguments because from the very beginning it was it's so clear they're like you know there are two things that you could do there, essentially there's two things the court could do here right one they could go the sort of uh the the path that they've been on which is like chipping away <laughs> at uh abortion rights and right. like you know, what what's the consequence of that? Like it's it's a news story, but maybe it's not a news story for that long. It's not like this epical sort of moment. But from the very first sentence of the oral argument being made by Mississippi's attorney general, it's like you you know, Rose on you know, Rose on the docket, uh, Casey's on the docket, these things have like poisoned our law, and they've got to yeah. be back. Basically the whole oral argument, he's inviting the conservative justices to see themselves in the same way that the Warren Court saw itself in, like Brown v. Board. He's like he's inviting them to like step into this role as like historical figures
0: and like yeah, the mass championing it as like <laughs> some civil rights issue or some right. shit. Yeah. And they're
2: and they're being very blunt, and that's why the coverage I think was like quite correct to say like Rose, like dead. It's like they're being very blunt about how they feel about these things in their responses
0: to him i did want to really quickly since you mentioned phil the um how how right off the bat the arguments start with this just i don't know baroque uh, <laughs> <laughs> explanation of what the uh undergraduate
2: the, debate club
0: yeah, yeah like
1: literally by the first the end of the first sentence it's like a shit show
0: right well so um i just This is literally how the oral arguments open. It's um, this is you're going to hear I'm going to play a clip of Scott Stewart, who's arguing on behalf of Mississippi, um, how he frames Roe and the and I will say that this, as you're saying, Phil, the terms of this debate basically get kind of carried forward, frankly, by.
1: Oh, yeah. And they're totally set by Stewart, too.
2: Mr. Chief Justice, and may it please the court, Roe versus Wade and Planned Parenthood versus Casey haunt our country. They have no basis in the Constitution. They have no home in our history or traditions. They've damaged the democratic process. They've poisoned the law. They've choked off compromise. For 50 years, they've kept this court at the center of a political battle that it can never resolve. And 50 years on, they stand alone. Nowhere else does this court recognize a right to end a human life. Roe and Casey's core holding is that the people can protect an unborn girl's life when she just barely can survive outside the womb but not any earlier when she needs a little more help.
0: (laughs) Yeah, how rude of the Supreme Court for its (sighs) own decisions to put it in this impossible position. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck you. Well, and, uh, you know, this is the thing, too, is that... To hear the full episode, become a patron at patreon.com slash deathpanelpod. You'll get access to this and the rest of our catalog of patron-only episodes and be the first to get a new patron episode every Monday when it drops. With love, The Death Panel.